All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lovely Friday. How are you? And welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and Oilers Nation YouTube and Facebook uh, coming to you. On a Friday afternoon, where the uh, Oilers basically in uh, 23 hours will be taking on the uh, red hot Dallas Stars, the uh, best offense right now in the National Hockey League. They got seven guys with at least 17 goals. So uh, it'll be a tough test for Calvin Pickard getting the start tomorrow for the Edmonton Oilers. It's as close as you can get to a back to back without being a back to back because it's an afternoon game. So. Anyway, we knew that Skinner, uh, you know, wasn't going to play all the, all the games here down the stretch. So, uh, you get Pickard in today. Uh, Skinner probably goes back on, uh, Monday, Wednesday. Then I could see, uh, Pickard, uh, either, uh, Friday or Saturday again. And that's kind of what it's going to be like here, uh, moving forward with the goaltenders. The, uh, Jason Greger show, as always, is presented by our title sponsor, playalberta.ca, where, uh, you can get in the game if you've yet to try it, where, uh, you want to have a little bit of fun, use the, uh, promo code sports. 50 and you'll get a free $50 wager. Go in on all the excitement this season, the odds boost, same game parlays, player props, and more at playalberta.ca. The uh, Edmonton owners for the second consecutive game had a good start, had a good first period, and then completely fell apart in the middle frame. Uh, yesterday, it was a combination of uh, taking too many penalties, not being able to get it out, on the first or second opportunity when you're down a man. And then the first line got absolutely caved. Nugent Hopkins, David, Hyman, Bouchard were on for all three five-on-five goals against. Ekholm was on for two. Uh, Kulak had uh, taken a shift. Uh, he kind of switched in between. He was on for one. That is, uh, that's not great. And the uh, Shen and Jake neighbors 
out dueling the Oilers' top line, not ideal. When uh, Chris Knobloch changed the lines, it wasn't to get guys going. It was more so to try to save the first line, who just did not have it defensively last night. And they have been very good. We, we know all the chances, everything else, all the expected goals have been good. Last night, they were not good defensively. It was, it was a tire fire at times. Just running around, guys not knowing where they're going. And then, you, you know, you look at the penalty kill, and, I, for, and we'll get into it. I know a lot of people are like, why is Connor Brown in the lineup? I would, I would highly recommend just watch the game. Connor Brown was actually just last night. You, you can't just revert to the lazy analysis. Lazy analysis is, hey, Connor Brown hasn't got a goal all year, so he should never play. Sure. If you wanted to bench him a month ago, made sense. Since the, since coming out of the all-star break, Connor Brown deserves being in the lineup. And actually, they need him. So in the last four games, the orders have allowed seven power play goals. Connor Brown has played the most minutes of a forward by over three. He's only been on for one. He's got the lowest shot against rate. He's got the lowest goals against rate. That's why he's dressing. Point blank right there. But then you throw in the fact that actually last night, he was one of their better players five on five. Created a lot. He actually created a lot shorthanded. He was on for as many high danger chances for as he was against on the penalty kill last night. And unfortunately, when uh, you're a guy who hasn't scored a goal in 23 months, when he's on that two on one with Yanmar, come on, you, you could see it. He's he's got a he's got a shoot, but he tried to force a pass through, and yeah, it ended up uh, drawing a penalty. So that was kind of the only positive about it, but. Connor Brown was fine last night. I don't want, I'd prefer, well, I'm not going to read any text about why is Connor Brown playing? Because the answer is right there, based on last night. A coach isn't worth his salt if he's like, well, Connor Brown just played a really good game, so now I'm going to bench him because he doesn't have a goal all year. That's not how it works. Any, I don't care what level you coach at. Coaching is the thing that's the most trying on your patience. Because it is easy to want to have a knee-jerk reaction. You can't do it as a coach. You can't do it at U9. You can't do it at U... You can't. If you want to be a semblance of a decent coach, you have to be patient. That's just the truth. So now, sometimes you're going to have to make in-game adjustments. And last night, I think Knobloch changing up the first line to try to salvage it because it was just getting crushed, which is rare, but it just was. So, the, and hey, give the orders credit. They came out. They're down in the uh, to start the third, and they started well, and then they took another penalty. Now, we'll, we'll get into the penalties in a second. We'll, we'll have a little bit of fun with that. Seven consecutive penalties for the Edmonton Oilers last night. Uh, by the way, that is the 12th time in uh, franchise history that that has happened. I know that might seem like a lot, doesn't it? That's tied for the second most all-time in NHL history, in case you're wondering. That's regular season and playoffs. And when you consider how many games the Oilers have played. How many games actually the NHL has played in the regular season? There's been actually, I counted it because I'm I'm an idiot, but over 124,000 regular season games all time. There's been 197 games, and that's including playoffs. You could take out the uh, the six playoff games, 191, but it doesn't really change the percentage. It's 0.0016. What you saw last night does not happen very often. It was rare. 
Um, do I believe it's a conspiracy against the Edmonton owners? Not for a moment. The Edmonton owners took too many penalties last night. Could St. Louis have gotten one or two in between? I thought that's fair, probably. But that's not what cost them the game. I'm, I'm not giving the owners any excuses as to why they lost last night. They took too many penalties. Their penalty kill was actually better last night at 75% than it was in the previous three games where they allowed five goals on seven chances. However, the Blues power play came close in a lot of other chances too. Now, the owners, the thing was they actually generated Derek Ryan had a shorthanded breakaway. Uh, Connor Brown, we talked about it earlier. He had that great chance. Zach Hyman, think about how different the Oilers game might have been if Zach Hyman buries one of those two chances in the first period on the power play. Just bury one of them. And it's a 3-1 game after 20 minutes. Maybe totally different. Now, maybe not. I don't know. No one knows. But I do know it would have for sure been different because the Oilers have an extra goal. Now, maybe it's 5-4 then down the stretch. I don't know. But that was a huge impact there. But first line, penalty kill, and too many penalties. Now, the Oilers last year were the, they were shorthanded the sixth most in the NHL. Time shorthanded per game, they were sixth. This year, prior to last night, they were eighth. Now they're fifth. At uh, 3.4 per game, last year was 3.39. It's basically the same. The difference, however, is last year, the Edmonton Orders were sixth in the NHL in power play chances per game. They're down at 23 this year. Now, I know what everybody's initial reaction is going to be. Oh, they're not calling penalties on Connor McDavid. Well, that's actually false. Connor McDavid has drawn more penalties this year than he has last year. On pace for, anyway. Right? His, uh, his penalty minutes on five on five and total... There's more per minute played this year than there was last year. Yet the team overall is down. So think about that. And when you watch the games too often, the orders, I don't feel outside of McDavid. Dylan Holloway is actually quite good at drawing penalties. He was second on the team last year. He's second on the team list. Now he plays limited minutes, but when he's on the ice, he draws penalties. The Oilers need to make it more difficult for the opposition Put them in situations to take penalties. Okay? It's not a conspiracy against the orders. Because think about this. Last year, the best power play in history still had the six most power plays per game. This year, good power play. 27. 23rd, excuse me. I, I, so I don't buy that. Well, the officials just don't want to give the orders power plays. I don't buy that for a second. You got to earn your power plays. McDavid's getting more this year than he had last year. Yet the team is down. Overall, they've been a team that's taken a lot of penalties now for basically the same amount. Last year was 3.39 power play opportunities against per game. This year it's 3.4. It's basically the same. So we could argue that the orders maybe need to be a tad more disciplined at times. But the thing was, up until last night, they weren't grossly undisciplined. They are right in the middle of the pack. Well, actually 10th. Eighth, but when you look at a team that's had the lead a lot of games, I find they still get a little bit lackadaisical with their stick placement. And if if they were an aggressive team that's physical, that would be a different story for me. But they're really not. They're like 
the only forward with more than 100 hits is Evander Kane. And then next on the team is McDavid, for goodness sakes. Good for him, bad for the other 10 forwards. So I know there's been a lot of talk about, oh, the line change. Honestly, I, I think that get that, that is you're, you're getting distracted to what's been the problem for the Oilers lately. They're not as tight defensively, and they've been absolutely asleep at the wheel in the second period. You can't have that wide of range of awareness and attention to detail that we've seen the last few games. First and third period's good. Second period, like whatever the bar is for bad, they're below, they're below it. And then you can't just, okay, now we're going to turn it on. You can't be a light switch. And that's what they've been, off, on, off, on, off, on. Can't do it. Not if you want to be consistent. They didn't do it for the longest stretch. Now, it's hard to do. Consistency's hard. But right now, I, honestly, I don't put too much stock. Yes, I get dry saddles playing with McDavid. and people are like, He's playing for McDavid tomorrow night. It doesn't mean that McDavid and dry have to play every waking game apart or they can't win in the playoffs. It's irrelevant to me. I don't buy that argument. Well, we're not going to play together in the playoffs. Yes. Are you sure about that? I can tell you they will play together in the playoffs, at least in the shifts coming out of the power play or penalty kill. Right? That's just what we've seen now for three months. I don't think it's going to change. That's what, that's what you've been doing all year long. Why would he suddenly get to the playoffs? Well, you know what? Coming out of the uh, opposing team's power play, I'm not going to play McDavid and Drysaddle because some people don't want them to ever play together. It doesn't make sense. So he's, he's looking for different things. He's trying to shock his team because for whatever reason, their focus hasn't been as good. Now, last time he put them together, the orders won two in a row. And then, he's, and then they went into the uh, all-star break, and they came back out, and they were on separate lines. I don't believe for a moment that McDavid and Dreisaitl um, need to play a string of games together to get chemistry. They've got it. And when they go back and play apart, I don't think it hurts them at all. So, I, you know what? They go into Dallas tomorrow. I don't care if McDavid and Dreisaitl are on separate lines or on the same line. If they're not going and the rest of the team isn't going, they got no chance. They're going to get waxed. Ask Nashville. Nashville got absolutely embarrassed last night, 9-2 to two against the Stars. And the Stars are rolling. They got a lot of guys feeling good about their game. They got a good goaltender, Jake Ottinger. They got a really good defense. This is going to be a tough test for the Edmonton Oilers. 833-401-1440 is the, uh, the text line. Your thoughts on the game last night? Thoughts on Dallas? Hey, Calvin Pickard, I- I'm a little surprised, but... I had, we had outlined it before on the show. We knew that Calvin Pickard has to start 12 of the final 32 games. He just has to. You can't overplay Stuart Skinner. And you can't just give Calvin Pickard back-to-back games or the bottom teams in the league. Right? The schedule doesn't work that way. Now, am I a little surprised that it's Pickard today and then it's, or tomorrow and it's going to be Skinner on Monday against Arizona? Yeah. But I, I look at it two ways. I believe the coach is like, we got to win one of these next two games for sure. And Dallas, we could play really well and still lose. If we play really well, we're probably beating Arizona. Also, Stuart Skinner has played four of the first five games coming out of the, the break, and I think they want to limit that a little bit. So, and the other thing, sometimes you can get your team's attention. Hey, we got Calvin Picker. And Calvin Picker, give him credit. When he's gotten in, he's played well. The numbers back it. He's he's above uh, expected save percentage. He's above league average. All right, I think uh, what did Woodley say? He was 18th. 
Not wrong that. So if I'll say this. If Skinner plays tomorrow and the orders play like they did in the second period yesterday and against Detroit, they ain't winning. I don't care who's in goal. It ain't going to matter. So I'm not that concerned. Connor, are you? No, no. And I mean, I, I think that what you've seen between the goaltending, the duo, it's been pretty good. And uh, you've got some good starts from Cal Pickard. And I, I I wouldn't be too worried about that one. I think, you know, the focus has to be the play in front of him. Defensively, you've got to be stronger. Can't have the lapses. Uh, we saw what the Dallas Stars did yesterday to the Nashville Predators, putting up nine. It's a good hockey team. So the Oilers are going to have to play uh, good in front of whoever is between the pipes. Go from there. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry about who's starting in net because, you know, we have seen pretty good play from Pickard as of late. Hey, guys, the small stretch of games felt like a little bit of playoff. L.A. and the Blues, we didn't see that much pushback physically in either one, which is concerning because we're going to run into Vegas in the first round from uh, BG. BG, it's a stoop point. What did he say yesterday on the show? The Edmonton orders. We can talk about a top six guy. And, hey, Jordan Everly's got good hands. But the Edmonton orders as a team need to be a little bit harder to play against, a little bit more physical. And that's why... When I'm looking at the top six wingers, I might I would probably lean more to Anthony Mantha at this point. Definitely over Everly. Now Jake Gunzel, different story, because he's obviously the best of the bunch. Dave Perron. I like him. A, I'm not sure. I don't I don't see why Detroit's gonna trade him off, number one. Like like Detroit's right in the thick of things. Why are they trading David Perron? And then number two, when you got Corey Perry, like, do you need Perron? Like, I don't know. Your, your, your team's then getting a little bit slower, right? So you can have one of those guys. I'm not sure you can have both. Now, I guess they did have Perry and Maroon. So you could, I guess, in theory, do it. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold yet on Perron, but I also don't think he's going to be, um, he's going to be available anyway. But, you know, Anthony Mantha's six foot five. Now, he's not a guy who runs around and crush you, but when you're that big, you can lean on guys automatically. You can just lean on them a little bit more than if you're 5'10". It's just a fact, right? And he's got, got what, 15 five-on-five goals? Not playing top six minutes? Thank you. Take that all day. So um, the orders need to be uh, need to be better for, uh, for sure, and they got to be a little bit more engaged. Hey, boys, uh, should the orders run McDavid, draw Settle, Nuge, and McLeod down the middle against Dallas? Well, uh, from Tony, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I, they don't have, to me, six top wingers if you're going to move Nuge and Hopkins to the wing. So, um, I mean, to center. So, no, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't do that. The, I don't see Ryan Nuge and Hopkins. Um, like, is he a third-line center by nature? I don't know, Maybe. It's probably more of a third-line center than he's a second-line center at this point. Although I don't mind the Nugent Hopkins-Kane-Hyman line. Like, that's a line. They're actually pretty good in the third period. So I don't mind that line at all. But I wouldn't um, – because if, if you're putting – that that means one of Brown or Yanmark's in your top nine then. No thanks. I'm not doing that. Hey, guys, uh, what's up with Leon getting chucked out of face-off circle so often for Matt? Matt's a great question, man. Because now I, I've been trying to find if they have a stat on guys who get kicked out of the face-off because he seems to be kicked out more than anybody else. Right? And now I know the rule about when you put your stick down and then the ref doesn't like it once and he kicks you out. But it just seems like it happens lots more with him. Like, I don't see McDavid. I don't see McLeod 
getting kicked out nearly as much. So it's a good question and something I'm going to dig into when he comes home because I've, I've got to talk to Leon about that. Like, what's the explanation he's getting from the officials? I would uh, I would be curious um, what the reason is. Like, I, obviously, we saw him voice the last game. He's like, hey, I got to get my stick down. He was talking to the official. But that those are ones where he's not getting kicked out of. So it's uh, um, it's a concern uh, for me. And you never want to see a guy be getting punted that frequently out of the uh, faceoff dot. Hey, boys, how do the orders build a completely new fourth line? Because right now the fourth line consists of 13 forwards. Some teams have guys who can be third liners, heck, even second liners from uh, Ontario Moms. Well, I will. Hey, if Connor Brown plays like that every night, he's a fine fourth line player. I, I'm I'm not looking at the goal scoring right now because I think once he does score once, he could score five goals down the stretch, and then that's good production for a really good production for a bottom six for a fourth line guy. But they need they need. More speed and size down the middle on their fourth line, no question. No question. Derek Ryan is better suited as a winger at this stage of his career. It's not his fault he's playing center and being asked to do something he can't do. I never blame players for that. And I think it's obvious that I I would say the one position that is a stone-cold mortal lock that Ken Holland will address before the deadline is a fourth-line center. There's other positions that they're going to try to address too, but I'll say 100%. There will be a different fourth line center come March 9th, maybe sooner. But without question, they will get a fourth line center. Coming up on the uh, program today, we've got lots to get to. I love it. Colin Shaw, head coach of the Condors, will uh, join us. Coming up next, uh, we got uh, Owen uh, Newkirk. Give us the uh, Dallas Stars side of things. Craig Button, uh, Speck, LT, uh, Wanye Gretzk is by uh, Lorianne Munzer. So a uh, busy, busy Friday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 presented by Play Alberta.ca coming to you live in the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L, for all your electrical needs. 226 and a pause of Friday. Welcome back, Gregor Show. Sports 1440.ca. Hey, it's uh, Lotto Max. $65 million tonight. One of you? I hope you win, man. Ladies, somebody. That'd be Unbelievable. Be pumped for someone to win that. Oof, be great. God, what a party that would be. I'll tell you right now, you win something like that, you better be putting on quite a party. Probably multiple ones at different times. Just random. Big bashes. Renting out a place. Nice little dinner, beverages. Be amazing. Loads of fun. Uh, let's go around the NHL now brought to you by McDonald's the McRib is back baby oh you want to celebrate a pause of Friday try the classic because guess what you only got a few weeks left and then she's gone maybe forever try it right now at McDonald's as uh, we are joined once again by the uh, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors Colin Chalk joins us uh, coach welcome back to the show how you doing Doing very well. Uh, thanks for having me. How about yourself? Uh, things are good. It's uh, it's positive Friday, so I uh, can't. Uh, I definitely cannot complain. Uh, Colin, your team is playing some uh, some pretty good hockey as of late. I guess we'll start in goal. Uh, Jack Campbell. Uh, you know, I read Mark Spector's uh, article, and I have seen the numbers. And you know, Jack's talked pretty openly. He, he's feeling good about his game. You have a young uh, Olivier Rodrigue as well. Uh, I guess just tell me, as a coach, it's it's pretty easy to go into games when you know right now you're getting consistent goaltending, regardless of who you start. Yeah, absolutely. Both goalies are are playing well and, um, you know, and and really we're just, uh, uh, we're alternating with, uh, 
you know, with the amount of games uh, that uh, with our schedule is is, uh, is pretty heavy uh, backloaded. Um, you know, they're they're going every other, so it's uh, it's great. I think it's the uh, the feeling of they know when they're playing, and uh, um, you know, they know our team plays pretty hard in front of them, and uh, you know, they they've definitely done a, an excellent job there, uh, giving us a chance to win every night. Um, let's start now. Move to the defense. Uh, Oiler fans are very curious. He's played 29 games. You now he's got 19 points. Philip Broberg is logging loads of minutes from the game. The few games that I've watched online, uh, Colin. What what have you liked about Phil's game? What have you seen as maybe the biggest improvement since he's come down? I think I, I would say you know he's gotten you know and uh, since he's come down, I think over the years he's obviously gotten stronger. He's mature. He's become more patient. He's become more poised. I think the biggest thing probably is is when he makes a mistake, he doesn't sit on it. He doesn't dwell on it. He he gets back out there and and he, uh, he's able to uh, to get his game back and he's able to uh, uh, just kind of be water off a duck duck's back, so to speak. So I think that that's something that the National League level uh, he struggled with, and and I think. I think that that's definitely given him the, the, those moments and those memories in a positive way uh, to when uh, whenever the next opportunity is, he'll be uh, he'll be more mature for it. You know, it's interesting because he hadn't played a lot of hockey really the last two years. Like you look at games dressed in Edmonton, game, but he only played six or seven minutes, right? Like games played is one thing, minutes is a big difference, and he's logging tons of minutes. Uh, it looks just in his, you know, he seems like a guy who's enjoying the game again. I let you mentioned how his confidence is there. If he makes a bad play, he just moves on the next time. But just what about his ability to make? Like, are you seeing him try more plays just because he's more comfortable on the ice by being on there for twenty plus minutes every night? Yeah, he, he's able to uh, uh, to skate himself out of if it's his mis- blunder or somebody else's mistake or or maybe running around these zone coverage, whatever that is. He's able to uh, to cut back and, and shake a defender uh, or, or someone uh, chasing him, and then what that does is bring somebody else, and then he's he's able to make that outlet pass. So I think that calms everything down. Um, yeah, I mean to your point, even even his first year here in Bakersfield, right? He was recalled uh, to. Edmonton sent down multiple times yeah. and it's hard to get in momentum. It's hard. And you know, Hey, you're getting called to the national hockey league and Hey, you know what? Figure it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what the average, right. I mean, like, come on, there's worse things. There's worse calls to be taking. Right. Yes. Um, but what, what that's done is, is to your point is, um, you know, last season, you didn't get a lot of minutes. You didn't get a lot of minutes the season, season before. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're a national hockey league player, uh, but you're trying to survive. You're surviving every night because you don't want to mess up. And, you, you know, if you have that mindset, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to mess up. So, um, you know, he, he's definitely been able to, to play a lot of minutes, uh, you know, to, to make good passes, to play on the penalty kill, to play on the power play, play in all situations. But, you know, um, it's taken, you know, it's, it's taken those up and down, up and down. He's taken those those moments and, and those opportunities to, to be able to be where he is now. Moving up to the forward position a little bit, uh, Raphael Lavoie you know, leads your team in goals with, with 15. How's it, like, goals aside, how's his, oh, and he leads you in shots by quite a bit with 118. So, But how's his overall game? I know coaches, obviously, a guy's supposed to score. That's part of your job. But the other elements of his game, you know, the physicality, the defensive awareness, uh, where is he at there? 
you know, his. I, I, I think it's funny. Him and I had a, had a conversation today about, about his game, where it's at, and that kind of stuff. And the, one of the biggest things that he's improved is his board work. And that's just whether there's a puck rimmed on the boards or there's a loose puck. Uh, just being being patient and poised, not to just chip it out and give it back to their team. And there's a time and place to do that. But yeah. I would say his board work has been most improved. That he's able to get it off the wall quickly take a breath, make a play, or get it off the wall and skate. Yeah. We call it a carry back. You know, he'll get it off the wall and kind of take a, a little loop back and then skate for the neutral zone. And that, you're not chasing the game. You're able to have the puck on your stick. And, you know, it sounds simple, but when it's on your stick or you have it, the other team's got to expend energy to get it back and then, you know, you know, work their way through to, to attack the net. So those, those little nuances, he's definitely improved. Defensive awareness, it's better. Um, you know, to be in the National Hockey League, it's got to it's got to continue to improve. Uh, strength, physical play, uh, those are areas that are getting better. Still has room for improvement, but I would say the other part that's really really good is his puck protection. He didn't have that when he first came to Bakersfield. He was lo- he was long, he was skinny, he wasn't he wasn't heavy enough yet. Uh, he can hang on to pucks now down low in the offensive zone. He can hang on. To, he can put people on his back, and uh, and that that's just becoming a young man. Yeah, the, just the strength, right? Because he's a big guy. And, uh, you know, but big body is one element. Having the strength to use your big body to your advantage is the other one. And some guys, it takes you 21, 22 years of age. You got to get in the gym and just you fill out. And sometimes it's harder for the bigger guys to really be able to use that size to their advantage and move it around. Is that what you're seeing with him? He's just naturally stronger now. He's just, and, and it's, it's been a, a few big summers in the gym, right? It's also been, you know, being leaned on by a man or being leaned on by a, a veteran American League player saying, oh, geez, I didn't know, I didn't even know that player existed, right? When you're playing in the queue or you're playing in college and you're and you're you're, you're kind of in your bubble of that four-year age bracket of the people and the players that you know, and then all of a sudden you, you, you run into an Adam Cracknell who's, you know, in his late thirties, uh, playing in Bakersfield at the time, like, Holy geez, who is this guy? Right. And he, and the players like that show Rafi Lebois on, on him feeling in practice, how it feels like to be leaned on by, um, you know, you call it dad strength or <laughs> whatever you want as you, as you age in your life. But, yeah. you know, he has put in big summers, um, you know, and he's able to feel what it feels like to be pushed off the puck and to play on the end of a stick, to be a stick, to be lifted, Time after time after time, he had a tough start in his first year in Bakersfield, and, and he draws on those experiences to be where he is now, a heavy player that is able to push other players off pucks and hang on to pucks longer based on his experiences and the work that he's put in. Head coach of the Condors, Colin Chalk, uh, joins us. Colin, uh, you know, Xavier Borgo, I'm sure if he looks at his ear and he sees six goals, he's frustrated by it. He's a goal scorer. He wants to score more. Um, that That's one element. So I guess we'll start there. What, what's been the reason maybe for the uh, for the dip in goal scoring? Uh, you know, he was expecting more. I think the organization was expecting more goals from him. Yeah, he needs to, uh, you know, Xavier is just, he, he's been hot and cold, right? He has flashes of, of, uh, of, of getting to the scoring areas quickly or, or, or uh, using his speed, uh, to, to get into open ice. Uh, and, um, he just needs to work on that consistency. You know, uh, the other part I would say is, is, is his finishing. He has had some good chances and he just hasn't finished. Um, you know, and if you compare him and like a, you know, you, you, you look at like a Jaden Groove and say like, you wouldn't think he'd have six goals at this point right you should look at that as a bonus but he hasn't had power play time he's more of a he's more of a shutdown you know win face-offs penalty kill and Jaden relishes and and loves that role 
um, where Jay, uh, whereas Xavier, he kills penalties as well, but you know he's known he's known more for his offense and his explosiveness. And you know, it just he hasn't. You know, he's frustrated. Uh, he's just got to take a breath and understand there's almost half the season here in the American League. Um, you know, you'd like to get into the teens. I think you know everybody, including myself and him, would like to be at the 20 goal mark. He's got some work to do. Um, you know, he's played with um, uh, with with lots of different players on, on our team. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he's been um you know underachieving he just he can do more he can show more he has more uh, he shows flashes of it it just has to be more consistent you mentioned he's on the penalty kill is Raphael Lavoie on the PK no, no. Raphael's just solely power play he, he did when, when he came back from Edmonton he um he, he did do some penalty killing he can do it um, but the issue is is that when he kills penalties and he plays in the top power play and he's playing a top six role, what happened was is he was he was in, in Connor and Leon era territory. He was high 23, 25, okay. 26. And what, what was happening was his board out. work was slipping. Yeah. He, he was getting burned out. He wasn't forechecking hard. He wasn't hitting. You know, and if you get in there, like our, our job is to make sure that they, his role translates up top. So if he gets up top, he's going to play in the bottom six. He's going to have to be good defensively, good on the board. He's going to have to forecheck. Except the block shots, except the hit, uh, and then create some depth scoring, right? And he is a one shot guy. He yes. can be quiet and he can have one look. And when he's hot, um, you know, there's not too many goaltenders that when, when he hits the net, uh, he can beat guys clean, he can beat guys from distance, uh, you know, and he gets to the dirty area. So that's the, the reason. Can he, can he penalty kill? Yeah, he, he did a fine job, um, but it was, it was just it was too much for him. Uh, Carter Savoy. Um, has three goals now and I think his last uh, 11 games after a tough start. Uh, is he starting to show you a little bit more? He is. You know, Carter's an interesting uh, player because in our time so far in Baker, so every time he starts to build some momentum, um, you know, we... Uh, um, he gets a little bit of bad luck, whether it's an injury, whether it's a sickness, whether uh, something uh, um, doesn't go his way. So he's starting to come on right now. Um, you know, he's known for his release. He's known for his scoring. So um, I would say right now he's someone that's trending up. And, um, you know, we, we just, you know, with all these games coming up here, uh, you know, his main thing is to, to stay healthy uh, and then just to make sure that his conditioning is at the level it needs to be to be able to handle those, uh, handle those more, more, uh, uh, more prominent minutes, but you know, big game-winning goal uh, in uh, in uh, in, the, in the state where he uh, you know was a national champion in college, and I'm sure that was a special moment for him. Oh yeah, I would think so. Now, one young player that uh, that I'm quite high on, I've just seen him improve. He's a very raw guy, big, strong, uh, young defenseman, and Max Weiner uh, for you, Colin. He's now got 42 games under his belt this season. Uh, what have you liked about the improvement in his, or maybe the development in his game? What have you seen from the start of the year till now? I think they, you know, as of late, I know Keith McCamber just, you know, spends a lot of time with him, has done a fantastic job with him, but I think the biggest thing is that he's been able to understand that he's got to move the puck quicker. Okay. Uh, he's got to underhandle it. He's got to move good. He's got to, he's got to move the puck clean. And what I mean by that is not stick handling. Uh, you know, get it get your head up, take a look, uh, see what your options are. It's got to be on your stick, off your stick uh, when, when there's forwards open. Um, you know, so I think understanding, understanding that element and how important it is to, to one, get it to a forward. Yeah. More importantly, find a forward with speed. If you can be a defenseman to pass the puck to a forward with speed, 
you're very valuable. Uh, um, you know, so he's learning that, uh, doing better at it, has his challenges like any any first year player, and uh, you know, we end up in zone coverage sometimes, and that and that's part of us developing down here. Um, his physical play, he's physical. He's very physical for being 20 years old. Uh, he can take a hit. He can give a hit. Um, you know, and that's something that, again, when you're playing with, uh, you know, against people that some are 10 years older than you, yeah. um, that can be intimidating. And that can be a little bit, there can be a little bit of fear there. And, um, you know, he's handled that very well. Uh, so, you know, in, in his first year, uh, generally after Christmas, you know, the kids are more confident. Uh, they're, they're, um, uh, they're, more, they're a little bit more understanding as, as to what to, uh, how, where the pressure is going to come from. And they believe they can do it. So uh, Max is is, uh, is is settling in nicely, and um, you know he's uh, he's logging you know anywhere from 15 to 23 minutes a night on the back end. So he's you know he's definitely getting lots of reps as well. Yeah, I was looking at his stats. Like you know he's and he's also one of only three skaters who has played all 42 games for you. So uh, you know what for a young guy he's uh, he's been durable. It's uh, you know he's a bigger body. But as you mentioned, like when you're 20 years of age. Now you're suddenly playing against men. You're not playing against 16, 17-year-olds. It is, it's a significant jump at times, uh, no question. Uh, another young player, uh, Tyler uh, Tulio. Uh, give me a thought. I know he's missed a lot of games due to injury. Uh, where is he at? Yeah, he's he's had an up and down uh, um, season so far due due to injury, right? And and due to due due to playing hard, playing tough, and unfortunately, uh, you know, on those uh, I'll call it answering the bell for uh, for his teammates, he's had some he's had some tough luck. So, yeah. um, you know, but he's come back in, and uh, you know, he's had to work his way back in, and and he had he had a few really solid games. He scored goals in back to back games, and uh, you know, we rewarded them with with moving moving him up in the lineup to, to play with uh, uh, Drake Kajula and Lane Peterson. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't work by meaning, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't win the game. Uh, but, but what, but what happened was, is that, you know, it's, there's, there has to be some internal competition, right. And, you know, whether it's Tulio and Savoy and, and Borgo, like that, that little internal, internal competition uh, between teammates um in in the end drives everybody up uh, individually and uh and and team wise so you know he he's a he's a he's a hard working young man he's got some offense to him um you know he can get heavier and get stronger on on puck protection and trying to stay on his feet and improve his core strength but uh um, he's got a great shot. He's got good vision, and um, you know he's uh, he's he's with those guys again uh, tomorrow. And we'll see uh, we'll see how he handles uh, playing with um, with a little bit different personnel. Colin, as always, appreciate the rundown. Thanks for your time, and enjoy a busy weekend. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You as well. Head coach of the Condors, Colin Shockman. Always enjoy having him on. Man, he's great. Really good rundown in depth on his players. I love it. You get a pretty good sense of where Broberg and Lavoie and Borgo and no winner. You know, some people, hey, ask about the vets. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure there's any veterans down there that, uh, they're going to be coming up and playing in Edmonton anytime soon. Right. Um, I don't, I, I don't see an answer to the orders, uh, fourth line issue. Now, Raphael Lavoie, the one thing that Lavoie has is he's a shooter. Right. And he's a big body, had a really good tilt the other day. He can be physical. That is the one. So that's why I asked about him. Cause I think if there was one guy they were going to call up, like if you're looking to add a different dimension to the fourth line, it would be him as the guy I'd be calling up. So, um, I, I like, I don't see like, I don't see Lane Peterson being the answer for the Empton orders, uh, at this point. They got to go out and find a proven NHL fourth line center. 
Don't. I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, go crazy and overreact. And, oh, you know, get rid of Derek Ryan. Get rid of this guy. Let's bring up uh, Lane Peterson. Like, come on. That's. Uh, I, I don't see how that's the uh, the right direction to go for the uh, Edmonton orders. Uh, we'll come back. We've got a lot of text to get to uh, from that conversation. Uh, many of you have thoughts on that. Uh, the orders, of course, taking on the Dallas Stars. Calvin Pickard's going to get the starting goal tomorrow. Uh, Corey Perry will start on a line with uh, Dry Settle and McDavid. And you know what? I don't have an issue with that. Kane, Nugent, Hopkins, and Hyman, they're more than capable of being a solid second line in the NHL. Like, come on, give me a break. There's no reason they can't be. So I don't have much of an issue with it. If every now and then you're going to load up 97 and 29 in the regular season, I'd probably try to avoid it in the playoffs if I could, unless there was a matchup where suddenly it worked. So um, I don't think you can just say 100% no to anything. If it's working, it helps your team and other guys are going, then you can think about it. Quick break. We'll return to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.48. Welcome back. Pause of Friday. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Lovely, uh, lovely day again outside. It's nice. Uh, weekend. Hey, family day weekend's coming up. So uh, enjoy that. A little extra time uh, with the family. And hey, the weather's like this. You should be able to uh, to do a lot. I know there's always a few tournaments around town that uh, people are involved in. So uh, enjoy. You have uh, an afternoon game tomorrow, Oilers and uh, Dallas. And you have an afternoon game on Monday. Uh, on family day, if uh, your family is the sports family, which I, I'm guessing if you're listening to the show, you're definitely a sports person. So uh, many of you likely be uh, hunkering down to watch some, if not all, of the orders taken on the uh, Coyotes in a unique venue. It's probably worn off um, over time. Like, tickets are pretty expensive to go, I'll say that. Like, <laughs> Although there's only like 13 rows. Like You were right on the action there. That's what's unique about going to a game there every ticket you're sitting there you realize how fast the nhl is that's the one benefit of being there you're in row 13 you're at the geez we're sitting in the in the nosebleeds up here in row 13 <laughs> that's how it is so that's uh that's great let's get to the uh, two minute warning now with uh, cam tate brought to you by legacy heating and cooling home of the no payments no interest for one full year on your furnace, or if you're already thinking about your AC, you can do it now at legacyheating.ca. Not sure if you can hear me. Big J. Hope you can hear us over the noise. We found a wood shop just outside of St. Louis with the Edmonton Oilers. Fast Eddie, reading Cam Tate's words. The one thing everyone strives is consistency, to be able to perform at a high level, to always have great performances, great games, great, you fill in the blank, the numbers, they ain't pretty. The Oilers lost six, three to the St. Louis Blues. So that's six goals against Thursday, four goals against the Detroit Red Wings, and then four against the Los Angeles Kings. So 14, right? 14 goals against in three games. So for the sake of arguing, let's make it 15. There's five goals a game in the last nine periods. Don't win too many hockey games with those numbers. It's a real diversion, I think, from the stellar defense we saw from the Oilers on their 16-game rip. So there is a need to go back to the woodshed to work on defense. Because when the Oilers uh, the Oilers were playing tight, tight, tight hockey behind their own blue line, they have been effective, very effective. Now the sky, it isn't falling, not at all, but there needs to be some tweaking on the defensive system. And this afternoon, after their practice in St. Louis, the Oilers are boarding their big bird with the cast iron tail for a two-hour flight into Dallas for a matinee rendezvous with the Stars Saturday. 
The stars are indeed sparking brightly after spanking the Nashville Predators 9-1 Thursday. So Saturday's tilt will be a test for the Oilers. A trip to the woodshed is a good idea from time to time. Sometimes you need the big boys like a chainsaw or a lathe. On the other hand, it might just need something like a whittling knife to make minor adjustments. Coaches Chris Nublock and Paul Coffey will decide what tool is needed, but they need something to get back to something we all strive to have. Consistency. Two-minute warning every Monday and Friday. Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440. Old Tater loves the sound effects. I like the reference to, hey, we found a wood shop, because for anybody who doesn't uh, didn't catch that reference, you know, you take them out to, to the wood shop, or you're getting pounded, you're getting crushed. That was the uh, that was the reference there by uh, Tater. I respect it. I like it. It's uh, it's true. They uh, Especially in the second period, man. St. Louis Blues, almost like they put them over their knee, a little spanking. It was uh, it was not a great middle frame for the Oilers. And that's the problem. Like, you can lose a game. They were able to, to not lose the game against Detroit because they dominated in the third. But last night, the second period cost them the game. They were good in the first. They were good in the third. They got absolutely obliterated in the second. It can't happen. Like, four goals in a game is less than ideal. Four goals in a period? Come on now. So uh, that to me, the the orders, when they were good, they just showed their commitment was consistent. Now you're going to have a shift or two where the other team gets a scoring chance. Of course, I get it. But look at the chances they gave up last night. And what they didn't do last night, which they've done pretty well for most of Knobloch's tenure, is protect the house. They weren't allowing a lot of second or third chances and definitely not guys wide open in the best scoring areas around the net. But that's happened uh, lately for sure. And um, I look at the orders and to me, that's just a commitment factor. They've shown they can do it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But it's hard to do on a nightly basis. No team does it every night. I don't expect it every night. But now there's a little bit of a trend here. L.A., Detroit, 
St. Louis, way too many goals against. Way too many sloppy defensive plays. Way too many soft defensive plays. I got to get better. Hey, Gregor, who in the bottom six would you consider untouchable in a trade to improve the team? Well, nobody. I would say untouchable. But if I had to list them um, from who would be the least likely for me to trade, it would be Holloway. A, because the orders need uh, value contracts next year. And I think he's got upside. Then obviously McLeod would be second. Fogel third. Then you list uh, any of the, the fourth line guys, four or five and six. All right. Funny enough, uh, Connor Brown would probably be fourth on that list. Um, I know he doesn't have a goal, but Connor Brown is at least, lately you at least notice him in the games. Like, unfortunately, you notice him and he can't score. And I get that the, this, the, the, the zero beside his name is massive, right? Like, we got a lot of texts, Greg, I don't like the, the bonus. You got to get over the bonus. The bonus has been paid out. The bonus got paid after game 10, right? That doesn't matter. If Connor Brown had 13 goals right now, it would still be dead cap space next year. It doesn't change this season. It just doesn't. Right? So you, you can focus on it and get upset about it, but it doesn't change anything. Right? They're, they're completely two separate things. Connor Brown producing this year would still only be a $775,000 cap it. Connor Brown not producing, 775 k cap it. Right? That's what it is. The bonus comes in at the end of the year. Now, it might end up only being $3 million, because the orders might have some space left. I doubt it. But that was their plan all along. Everybody knew that at the start of the season. Right? Everybody knew it. Essentially, when the contract was signed, it was dead cap space for the following year. That's what it was. And nobody, Brown, the Oilers, hell, opposing teams thought Connor Brown would be uh, two games shy of tying Patrick Russell for the uh, most games it in a season without a goal by an Edmonton order forward in franchise history. Because the top three, Toby Reader, 67 games. Dave Brown, 60 games. Brown at least did other things. And uh, Patrick Russell, 45 games without a goal. Brown is now up to 43. It We all understand it doesn't look good. But Connor Brown last night would have been in the top, what, three order forwards? Look at his game. Look at how many minutes he was on the PK. He actually, when he was on the penalty kill, he gave up as many high-danger chances as he created on the penalty kill. Now, he can't finish. I understand that. But lack of effort wasn't an issue last night. Lack of smarts, lack of tenacity. I like Brown's game last night. We all know it's, like it's, it's pointless. Yeah, but. No, no, yeah, but. Here's the facts. Last night, Connor Brown was very good. And that's all you evaluate him on. You can't just be lazy and be like, well, the guy hadn't scored. And we all know that. I know that, but that's not what we're talking about from last night. Connor Brown was not the issue last night. I don't understand the people that are like, why is he in the lineup tomorrow? Then you're not paying attention. You're mad because of the bonus, and you don't want to watch the game for each individual game that it is. Last night, Connor Brown good. Last night, first line, terrible. It's probably being switched most other games this year, but last night, it wasn't. Hey, guys, is it true the orders are accumulating cap space uh, from Matt? Yes. Now, they're not going to be up to 4 mil, Matt, though. That's that's misleading. Uh, they'll be probably close to $2 million. 
That's why they're not uh, bringing up Phil Kemp because they, if Phil Kemp was on the roster just as a seventh defenseman, that's eating up uh, four thousand dollars in change every day in cap space. Now that cap space, though, that's a crude cap space. So the time you get to the deadline, what happens is, so the, the regular season is a hundred and ninety-two days. That's how the cap works, right? So if you're a million-dollar player, it's a round number. You make five thousand eight hundred and three dollars and thirty-three cents a day when you're on the roster. That's how it works. Okay, so. And you accrue cap space. So then when the trade deadline comes, there's 42 days left on the season. So any player you acquire, you're only acquiring the cap space of the remaining 42 days. Now, it might be 44 because if you acquire them on the 6th, they're 42 if you acquire them on the 4th. But you get the formula, right? So the orders, because they're they're not at the max every day, every day they're under, that accumulates and accumulates and actually works out to be more than it actually is that they can use then to uh, to get other bodies in. So yes, the orders are actually accumulating cap space for the first time in years because they're not an LTIR. So, hey Gregor, would you re-sign Brown next year? What do you think you'd get for a contract? <laughs> um, it's a good question. Well, it all depends. What happens if Connor Brown scores a goal here down the stretch and then ends up scoring five and finishes strong? He got all his money of four million dollars, right? nobody's offered him that contract on the free agent. Like That's why he took the deal with Edmonton because some teams are going to be willing to probably pay him $3 million over three years. Each year, I should say. So I think Connor Brown at most is going to get a million-dollar salary next year, whether it's in Edmonton or for any other team. Um, That's a really good question. I, I, You have to... As an art, you'd have to look at Brown and A, evaluate on how he played down the stretch and in the playoffs. Because if Connor Brown all of a sudden scores a goal or two for you in the playoffs and continues to be good on the, good on the penalty kill and continues to turn over pucks, then you'll see value, right? Um, I think what this year has proven is that Connor Brown, you know, the 120 goal season, that was a mirage. It's not happening again. So, but could he be like a 10 to 12, 13 goal scorer? I'd like to think so. But because of the year he's having, guess what? If he was scoring 15 goals this year, he'd be getting a big contract. That's why it works both ways. So Connor Brown's going to have to sign probably a show-me contract, whether it's in Edmonton. Now, if he doesn't score a goal all year long in Edmonton, or maybe gets traded before then, well, I could see uh, then he's not coming back for sure. But if he ends up tickling the twine a bit here down the stretch and into the playoffs, well, that changes things for both sides. Because Connor Brown, if he doesn't score a goal in Edmonton, he doesn't want to come back. Because mentally he's like, God, I can't score there. Right, so it works both ways. Um, right now, obviously, you wouldn't sign Connor Brown, but things change and evolve. What happened yesterday is irrelevant, really, in a way, because now you can't change it. it; doesn't come back. It's all about hey, is Connor Brown goes down? What if Connor Brown scores? I don't know an, a game-winning goal in the third period of round one in Game Six, and they win the series. And you're like, oh, that's a pretty important goal. He feels good about himself. They're like, hey, would I sign him for 800K? Million bucks? Probably. Because the odds of him being this anemic offensively, I think are low. Now, I don't think he's a 20-goal scorer. I'm not going to pay him like that. I would. Tra- the order is going to need a lot of guys to get value contracts. And maybe Brown would be like, you know what, guys? I didn't live up to my contract, so I'll give you guys a one-year deal at 800K, and maybe I'll score 12 goals. And then it's at least I'm salvaging it somewhat. Who knows? Let's get to the uh, con man, Sports 1440 
update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.